by His Spirit to continue to look to Jesus, to keep your focus on Him, and not be distracted by the things happening in this world. He needs us, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, to be positioned in the place we're supposed to be to reach this world for Him. That is our ultimate destiny right there. Reaching others for Christ. Being a witness for Jesus wherever we may go. And even though the times are challenging and it looks like evil is winning in a whole lot of places, we serve the victorious one. He's already won. He is the victorious one. I was saying this from my mouth the other day. He is the victorious one. He doesn't have to win. He's already won. And I want to share this with you from the depths of my heart. We have already won. Because we are in him. We are the victorious ones in the victorious one. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to Jesus. Oh, I'm telling you guys, there are great things to be done in this world for Jesus. And I'm expecting to hear testimonies of how God is going to use you to further his kingdom in the earth today. <laughs> you need to be declaring from your mouth, Lord, you have commissioned me to go into all the world and preach the gospel the good news of Jesus Christ. And when I go forth and proclaim his goodness, to proclaim the good news, I am expecting accompanying signs and wonders. I'm expecting accompanying signs and wonders. Signs that point to Jesus. Wonders where people just step back and go, wow, that was God. Those are the kind of things God is wanting to do through you and through me. You want to know why? Because we're believers. We're children of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Keep praising him. You keep, keep lifting your voice to him. You keep just saying, God, I'm yours. I'm sold out to you. You keep doing it. Your praises, your praises, your praises go before him and make a way before you. Keep lifting your voice to praise him. And you're going to come through to the other side. Hallelujah. Victoriously. Ooh, glory to God. Without even a smell of smoke. No hair singed off of your body. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you, young man, I tell you what, I've seen such a change in your life. And I know you still have struggles. Not saying that God's showing me all of them, but I'm telling you right now, you got something in you that a whole lot of people don't have in them. You know it, that the greater one is in you. You have things to do for Jesus in this earth today. Amen. Do not be ashamed of the gospel. Do you hear me? 
Hallelujah. I tell you what, glory to God. I just want to come give you a belly bop. Glory to God. Mm. See, that blesses me when I see a young man grow up. And then you hear when you're talking to him what God's doing in his life. He told me that with the, uh, over, where were you stationed overseas? I forgot. Okinawa. I don't know if it was there when you were over in California. I don't remember where it was. But he's talking about, I asked him, are you going to church? And he said, well, I, I tried to go to church. But what those, those people do, they have to be all-inclusive now. They have to accept other religions. And, you know, and he was like going, I, I, I don't want to do that. And I said, you don't have to do that. Because, <laughs> you, you know, we're, we're not about religion anyway. We're about relationship. We're about living for Jesus Christ. But he said what he would do is, didn't you get together with friends and study the Bible and read the Bible together and pray together? Hallelujah. That takes boldness to do something like that. Amen. We should never be ashamed of the gospel. Never be ashamed of what Jesus Christ has done for us in our lives. I know where I came from. I know the things I've been in and done. I'm not proud of that stuff at all. I know sometimes people like, like to, to almost glorify their, their past and, and literally glorify the devil because of how badly he did things in their lives. I like to glorify Jesus. I like to tell people how he got me out of that junk how he set me free from that junk. Oh, glory to God. And I'm going to tell you with everything in me, it's a whole lot better to be free than to be bound. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I know for some of you, you might think to yourself, boy, this is not a normal church. And I said, no, it's not. This is a church where we let God be God and do what he wants to do. This is not about man's plans. This is about his plans. One of the things that I was, uh, you'd have been here for the time of prayer, but last night I was, I was in my office and I was praising him and worshiping him and praying to him. I prayed this song and it's talking, it's called Echo, but it's talking about echoing holy is the Lord, speaking out holy is the Lord. And that's what we did during prayer time today. We just kept talking about holy is the Lord, holy is the Lord, holy is the Lord. And, 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 when you set the atmosphere with that kind of, those kinds of statements from your heart, he comes and inhabits those, those places. And he's here today. He's in this place today. Glory to God. Glory to God. Have you ever been um, in a room by yourself, but then all of a sudden you sense something? You sensed someone else was in the room. So you turn around and there was your brother, your sister, your husband, your wife. Has anybody else besides me ever done something like that? Have you ever wondered why that kind of thing happens? It's spirit to spirit. Spirit to spirit. You sense in your spirit someone else's spirit back there. And so you turn around. See, that's the kind of thing that should be happening for us as Christians. God is spirit, just as we are spirit. And the way we, the way, I'll say it this way, the way he communicates with us is through our spirits. Hallelujah. There are times, boy, you'll just sense him. You'll just sense him. You just know that he's there. And I'm going to let you know something. When, you, when that happens, 
There's nothing, nothing on this earth that compares with that. <laughs> Being in the presence of the one who died for me. Being in the presence of the one who picked me out to be a part of his family, knowing the struggles I would have. He picked me out anyway because he loves me. Because he believes in me. And yes, it still melts my heart. And I've come to understand the reason why. is because I'm falling more in love with him all the time. I fall more in love with God all the time. He's becoming so much more real to me. I am drawing near to him with purpose. Fully believing as I do so, he's drawing near to me. You need to take some time. Today, tomorrow, sometime, soon. Get alone. Get alone with him and say, God, right now, on purpose, I'm making a quality decision to draw near to you. Fully expecting as I do so that you're drawing near to me. You talk about changing your life. There's something about being in his presence. Whoo, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. God is so good. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't even know what to do. Where are we? Whew. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Do not be afraid nor dismayed by what you're going to see happening in the world. I say this by the Spirit because of what's fixing to happen in this world. The Bible says in the last days, what's going to happen are what is called perilous times. That literally means hard to deal with times. And if you're not on guard and if you're not knowing already that it's going to take place, there's the great possibility that it's going to drive people into fear, even Christians. Don't let that be you. Because we've got to remember, greater is he that is in us than he that is eternally defeated in this world. we got the greater one in us. And no matter how you slice it and dice it, no matter how dark it may get, we are the light of the world. And the light always dispels the darkness. Amen? Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Let's take up our tithes and offerings. If you need an offering envelope for your giving, please slide a hand up. Thank you for your faithfulness in giving to this church. I want to read something with you this morning. I want to share something with you that I trust will bless you as much as it has blessed me, where God wanting to bless us is concerned. In the Bible, in Psalm 34, and you can either turn there or just listen up. This is what the Bible says. Psalm 34, verse 1, I will bless the Lord, notice, at all times. Through the thin times, through the thick times. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. 
How many know we need to be bragging on the Lord all the time? Amen. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Friends, I'm going to tell you a little secret here that it will help you. Don't magnify the problem. Magnify the Lord. Amen. You ever heard of the statement making a mountain out of a molehill? For the most part, not always, but for the most part, people get all ate up on those little molehills. Magnify Jesus. Amen. He's your answer. He's the one who will get you through no matter what you're facing, no matter how big it may seem to you. They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. Verse 6 is where I was going. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. What kind of troubles would a poor man need to be delivered from? Being poor. This psalm was wrote, wrote, made up a new word, was written by King David. This is talking about himself. See, David started out as a shepherd boy. He didn't have much to his name. But by the end of things, God had so blessed his life that he gave, and I want you to be hearing this, he gave billions, billions of dollars worth of gold, silver, and precious metals into the building of God's temple. Billions of dollars. Did God come through for that poor man? Did that poor man no longer have the trouble of being poor? No, he didn't have it no more, glory to God. And that is exactly what God wants for every one of us in this room. God wants you blessed for the exact same reason Exact same reason that he blessed King David. To give into the furthering of the kingdom of God. Sure, God wants to take care of us. Sure, God wants to bless us so that we can pay our bills and so forth. But God wants us so blessed, we can be a funnel for him to flow his blessings through wherever we go. Oh, I want you to catch this. Because this is so important. God wants us to be blessed so that we can be a blessing. If you are right now under the barrel, so to speak, do not think that God can't get you from that place. Because, see, I used to have a nice little tent underneath the barrel. That's where we started out. We got into all kinds of credit card debt. And we got so behind on our bills. But we finally made a decision. First, in the natural, we clipped up our credit cards. And then we said, God, we're going to live within our means. We're going to figure out a budget. We're going to live by our budget. And we kept giving and we kept tithing. And we kept giving and we kept tithing. And God kept on blessing us and blessing us and blessing us. Glory to God. I tell you what, he has really been blessing my wife lately. She's calling me all the time. Oh, someone just bought another painting. Oops, someone just bought another painting. Oh, guess what? Someone bought another painting. She'll call me and say, what? Someone bought another painting? <laughs> She's blessed. She's blessed. But you know what she does with the money? I hope you're listening to me. You want to know what she, she just sold a painting for $1,600. She tithed off of it. And you know what she did with the rest of it? She sold it. 
She gave it away. She gave it into other ministries. Do you know what God will do for her because of that? <laughs> He's going to keep funneling it to her because he knows he can get it through her. Think about that. With her hands, she did all that little painting. I think I talked about this before. I, 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 I don't know how she does it. The only thing is she's horrible at Pictionary because she takes so long. She's like she's drawing it all. I mean, of course, it looks exactly with what, what she's drawing, but I draw the stick figures real fast. So, yeah, da, da, da. You know what that is? No, I don't. <laughs> but she is using the monies that come in from her selling of paintings to sow into churches and ministries, to people's lives. She's blessed to be a blessing. Don't you want to live your life that way? It's fun to be blessed. It's fun to have so much you've got to give it away. I mean, you got cars and you just want to, you got to give it away. You got to give it away. Just fun to give it away. I was just thinking about a car I gave away recently to a young individual. And I remember when, when my, you know, she said to me, what do you think about, you know, blessing this person with this, our, 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 your, our, our minivan? And I'm thinking to myself, and I said to her, I said, I, the Lord's already been dealing with me about that. He's already been dealing with me about that. And I remember I called this individual outside of Shelby, by the way. <laughs> I called her outside and I said, the Lord wanted me to tell you, I don't remember all that I said, but he, here, I handed her the keys. And she's like, what? What, do you want me to drive it around somewhere for you or what? No, it's yours. Be blessed. That's fun. It's fun. I said, it's fun to be so blessed you got to give it away. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Now, I don't share those things to brag on me. I share those things to show you that that's the way we live our lives. I'm just not up here preaching it and not living it. We live it. And, and God is going to keep giving it to me because he knows he can get it through me. And I'm excited because I am convinced our best days are before us. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know that the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the just. And here I is. I'm just because of Jesus. I'm telling you, the wealth of the wicked is coming our way. How many believe that's true? That's what the Bible says. I'm not the one who wrote it. That's what the Bible says. If he knows he can get it through you, he'll get it to you. That's blessed to be a blessing. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, hold your offerings up and let us pray. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity to bring our tithes and our offerings into this church, to this holy place. We firmly believe that as we do so, Lord God, that we can prove you now in this that you're opening the windows of heaven, pouring out so much blessing upon us that there's not enough room to contain it all. That is being blessed to be a blessing. And Father, your word goes on to say that you rebuke the devourer for our sake so that the seed we put into the ground will come back to us a mighty harvest. Just like I was saying last night, Lord, I bind Satan off of the finances of these people, off of my family and me, off of this church. Satan, you are bound in the name of Jesus. And I loose the ministering spirits to go forth 
cause that harvest to come in. We don't care how it happens. We just know it is happening. And we give you praise and we give you glory for it now in Jesus' name. And if you agree with that, shout amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Woo. Hey, uh, are you going to be in here? All right, Shelby is going to be doing our children's this morning. Children, you guys are dismissed. Where's Emerson? She already went? Oh, okay. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, will you remind me to do what I, I'm supposed to do at the end of the service, please? Okay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. Praise the Lord. What time is it? I'm going to try to get this done quickly. Uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to my own understanding. Praise God. Well, go with me this morning to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to continue with our study on faith and the power of God. According to Ephesians chapter 1, God wants us to come to know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe. Woo! Glory to God. We have resurrection power in us. Same power that raised Christ from the dead is in us. Hallelujah. Friends, we got the power in us that God used to create the universe. It's immeasurable. It's unlimited. It's far surpassing greater than any other kind of power on this planet. And it's in us. And it's for us who believe. Glory to Jesus. That's shouting grounds. I said that's shouting grounds. I mean, think about it. You got some power in you. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Ooh. As we saw in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul came to a place in his ministry where he wasn't, uh, uh, he wasn't satisfied with just speaking with mere words. Uh, he wasn't satisfied with preaching that way any longer. He came to a place in his ministry that he made a quality decision that whenever he preached, whenever, wherever he preached, he was expecting accompanying signs and wonders. He went on to say uh, 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 that he, he was going to have demonstrations of the Spirit and of power. And why? So that the faith of the people, get this, should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. He wanted the faith of the people to be in the power of God. We should have faith in the power of God. Do you have faith in the power of God? I have faith in the power of God. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. It's in you. It's in me. But it won't do a bit of good unless we do something to activate it, something to set it off. This past weekend, probably a lot of you were involved in this, we had fireworks. And what did it take for that firework 
to do what it was created to do. You needed to light a fuse. And once you lit that fuse, kaboosh, correct? Well, I'm here to tell you right now, we have something to ignite the power in us. We ignite the power in us with our faith. Faith is the trigger that ignites the power. Oh, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. I shared with you before, we don't have a light switch in here, but if the lights were all out and I walked up to a switch, do you know that the power is there already? But it's not lighting the room up till I flip the switch. The moment I flip the switch, the power is released and we can see light. Friends, that's the exact same way that we ignite the power of God in us. Do you see the importance of having faith in the power of God? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> We've got faith. I have faith in the power of God. Do you? See, as a pastor, as a minister of the gospel, I'm not up here just for my own benefit. I'm up here trusting God to speak to you through me the very things he's revealed to me. My heart's cry is that everybody in this room is going to see and understand that you have resurrection power in you. You've got this immeasurable, unlimited, and far-surpassing greatness of power in you. It's there. You can go through your entire life, die, go to heaven, and not use that power one time while you're here on the earth. Why would you do that? Why would you want to do that? Just accepting those impossible things happening in your life. It's impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible. There's nothing I can do. It's impossible. When you had in you the thing that could change that impossibility into a mere possibility. You have power in you. Power, power, power. <laughs> I want you all to catch this. Can you tell I want you to catch it? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Now, we began to look at last week in Genesis chapter 1. We saw in verse 26 that we have been made in the image and likeness of God. <laughs> Woo! We've been made in the image and likeness of God. Thank you, Jesus. We've been created to do things like God. Is that safe to say? If I'm created in his likeness. Hallelujah. God created us in his image and likeness with the understanding that we would do things the way he does things. We would look to him and say, God, how do you do things? How did you do things here as far as creation is concerned. We looked at that last week, didn't we? Over and over again, God said what he desired, what was in his heart, and then it was so. God said it, and it was so. God said it, and it was so. When God spoke from his mouth what he had in his heart, those words 
contained the power to bring to pass what he was speaking from his mouth. Are you listening? And we're created in his image and likeness. Oh, thank you, Jesus. See, from the very beginning, God established a spiritual law known as the law of faith. Over and over again, as I said, he spoke out what he wanted, and then it was so. It didn't happen till he said it. But the moment he said it, it happened. Why did it happen? Because in his words were power. Are y'all catching this? Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. He believes and then speaks, and when he speaks, it's not just mere words. It's words of faith that contain the power to bring to pass what he is saying. Friends, I want you to catch something here, right here, right here, right now. The words of Almighty God, when spoken from our hearts through our mouths, contain the very same power. The very same power that he used when he created the earth. It's the same power. It's resurrection power. Do you know how many times, and the Lord just gave me this, do you know how many times Jesus confessed out of his mouth that he was going to go be crucified, but then raised from the dead on the third day? He kept speaking it, and it was. Isn't that true? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Go look at, uh, are you there in 2 Corinthians chapter 4? Woo! This is the definition of the law of faith as far as I'm concerned. There's one other place where it talks about the law of faith. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak. We believe and therefore speak. When you speak, what's coming out of your mouth? Words. If it's based upon what you believe, what's in your heart, in other words, the words of faith, those words contain power to bring to pass what you're speaking. Now, I realize people will say, well, that's God. Hey, that's God. That's God. And God can do something like that. Well, you're right. God can do something like that. Do you know God could have done it some other way? He could have done it any way he wanted to do it. He could have blinked his eyes three times. Bing, bing, bing. And there it was. But he, sp- he decided to do it through faith. By faith. Thank you, Jesus. He chose to use his words to release the faith in his heart. And the very moment he did, there was a supernatural power released to bring to pass what he was speaking. Light be, light was. Light be, light was. Thank you, Lord. So God created everything with his words, words spoken in faith and containing the power of God the power necessary to create. Oh, thank you, Lord. In fact, 
The power in his spoken words not only created everything, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 1, 3, listen to this, who being in the brightness of his glory in the express image of his person, that's speaking of Jesus, that actually means that Jesus was the identical, if you wanted to see what the, who the Father was, look at Jesus. That's what it's talking about, the express image of his person. Now notice this, and upholding all things by the word of his power. The Amplified Bible says upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power. The Passion Translation says he holds the universe together and expands it by the mighty power of his spoken word. Everything around you in this creation, all the trees, all the mountains, all the bodies of water, all the birds, all the animals, everything was created by words and is still being upheld by words, maintained by words. Ooh, Selah. Stop and think about it. Are the words of God powerful? Ooh, thank you, Jesus. So as God's children, created in his image and likeness, do you not think that because our God is a God of faith and we are created to be like him, that we should be people of faith? The Bible says that we are called to live by faith. The Bible says it's impossible to please him without faith. The Bible says it's with faith and patience that we inherit the promises of God. Does faith play an important role in our lives as believers, as Christians? Oh, my friends, big time. Go with me to Romans chapter 10. I hope you wore your shouting clothes. We're called to do things like he does things. We also believe and therefore speak. We also believe and therefore speak. We're going to prove this out. Romans 10 verse 9. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, most people utilize these scriptures to lead someone to Christ and they should be used for that purpose. But I also firmly believe these verses show how, us how to take advantage of everything the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us through his redemptive work. How do we do so? With our faith. The Apostle Paul is saying that with the heart you believe unto the reality and truth of God's word. In other words, when you get a revelation from God's word in your heart by the spirit, it becomes real to you. You, you want to know how you know if something's real to you or not? When the pastor stands up here and says, return with me to such and such scripture. And you go, oh, I already know that. Why are we going back there again today? It's not real to you. Because see, if it's real to you, it don't matter how many times you hear it, you get excited about it. I was telling my wife the other day, I've been reading through the New Testament like I've, at least eight times that I have, since we started that five by five by five program. 
Read through the New Testament every year. Read through the New Testament every year. And I'm going to tell you something. When I'm reading my Bible, I get excited. Because it's like I'm seeing stuff. I'm like, oh, man, I see that, God. Glory to God. I get excited because it's real to me. It's real to me. I'm believing in my heart what God says in his word. And that's the first thing we got to do. We hear from God what he said in his word. We believe it. And then what comes next? We confess what we believe. And the moment we confess what we believe, something else happens. Power is released. Let's just stop and think about this from the perspective of getting born again. When you heard about Jesus... That he died on, the sin, died on the cross for your sin. And was raised up on the third day. And is alive forevermore. And if you confess him as Lord, you will be born again. So when you hear that, you have a choice to make now. Do I believe it or not? Do I believe it or not? Now, it's sad because there's a lot of people that reject it. I don't believe that. He was raised from the dead. Come on. I don't believe that at all. But there are others, like myself, who said, I, I believe it. I, I see that, Lord. I see that, Lord. I, I, I believe it. Now, what comes next? I confessed Jesus as my Lord. Jesus, I confess you as my Lord and Savior. Now, what happened? Did you see any change on the outside right away? Did I have different color hair? I did way back then. But anyway... <laughs> Did something change out here? Or did something change in here? Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. The very moment I said Jesus come into my heart, speaking out what I believed in my, in my heart, like what, I, what I'd heard about Jesus saving me, when I spoke that out, the power of God was released, and this big boy got born again. I became a new creation in Christ Jesus. Explain that one. Come on now. See, we think, oh, the... See, that's the greatest miracle of all right there. All right, I went from death unto life. I am now a child of God. It can't get no better than that. I am so excited by the fact that I'm a born-again Christian. And all it took was for me to hear about Jesus and then confess him as Lord, and it happened. See, people don't have issues with that because they can't see anything. But when it comes to healing, people can see. People can feel. Well, that doesn't work all the time. Why wouldn't it? Does the word of God change? Has God changed? I'm getting ahead of myself. But if you need healing in your body, what do you need to do? You need to go to the Bible and find out what God says about healing. Is it still God's will for you to be healed today? Is it the will of God for every man, woman, teenager, and child to be healed? Because see, if it's not, then there's no way you'd ever be healed. Why? Because the devil would jump on your shoulder every single time that you wanted to believe for healing and say, nope, not you. You're the one that it doesn't work for. You know, Jesus had to do that all the time when he was ministering, didn't he? Nope, healing's not for you. Nope, can't heal you. Not the Father's will for you. That's not in the Bible, is it? That's not in the Bible. Jesus came to show us the will of the Father. Everything Jesus did was the will of the Father. 
And if he showed it to us that healing was the will of the Father back then, and since Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and forever, glory to God, it's still his will today. So you get the Bible. You see it. You speak it out. You confess it. You say, I believe it. I choose to believe it. Glory to God. It gets in your heart. It gets in your heart. And then when you confess from your mouth, God, I see it in your word. I know I believe it in my heart. I'm speaking out right now that I'm whole and healthy from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And I firmly believe it as I'm speaking this out of my mouth right now, the power of God's being released to heal this physical body. Now, see, 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 again, what I said last week, do we go immediately to see if you feel any different? Do you know that there were people Jesus healed that went away at first and were not? That he had to go back and lay hands on them again? Did you know that? The point I'm trying to get to is this. We live by faith. I take God at what he has said in his word, not by what my physical body is telling me. Because if I live by how I feel, I wouldn't be standing here right now just keeping it real. But I live by faith. I live by faith. If God said it, that settles it. I now choose to believe it, whether my body starts to feel better right away or not. But again, we're going to get to this in just a moment. Where does healing start? In the physical body or on the inside? and begins to work its way out. Well, we're going to see that in just a moment, like I said. Hallelujah. Do you see that we, as God's children, created in his image and likeness, can do things like he does things? Hallelujah. I know that I know that I know there are people either watching, hopefully none of you, who are thinking this is so much hocus pocus. This simply cannot be true. Did Jesus say this? Is this the Bible? Am I just up here sharing my own thoughts, my own ideas, my own theories? Or am I sharing the B-I-B-L-E? Because, see, if I'm sharing the Bible, the Word of God, again, I'm simple enough to say, that settles it. I choose to believe it even if it doesn't make any sense up here whatsoever. I trust in the Lord with all my heart. Lean not to my own understanding. Are you listening? Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Go with me to Mark 11. How how much time I got? Huh? 13? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I might get through this. Thank you, Lord. Actually, I messed up. Let me just share these things with you. You can stay there where you're at. That word confession in this scripture, in, in Romans 10, 9, and, and 10, I wanted to share these things with you because I think this will bless you. It means to declare openly by way of speaking out freely, such confession being the effect of deep convic- conviction of facts. It means to say the same thing, to come into alignment with, to agree with. In other words, we're to come into ag- alignment with and agree with what God says in his word. Not just parrot what he says. Did you hear that? 
We believe what he says in our hearts, and then we boldly speak it out through our confession of faith, and it will manifest in our lives. That word salvation here, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, is the all-inclusive Greek word soteria, S-O-T-E-R-I-A. And it means this. I hope you're listening. It means forgiveness, healing, prosperity, deliverance, safety, rescue, liberation, happiness, general well-being, and restoration. That's all found in that one word. Notice how confession is made unto soteria. See, our confession is made into forgiveness. Our confession is made into healing. Our confession is made into prosperity, to deliverance, to safety, rescue, liberation, happiness, general well-being, and restoration. The exact same way we got born again, friends, is the exact same way we take advantage of everything else the Lord has done for us. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Okay, now we'll go to Mark 11. And I, can I just say something? I know these scriptures are very familiar to most of you. But we need to approach this like we've never seen it before. We're, or with the idea or the understanding that, Lord, I expect for you to reveal things to me I may not have seen before. Amen. Mark 11, beginning in verse 12. Now the next day that when they had come out from Bethany, he, Jesus, was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. So Jesus sees this fig tree from afar. He sees that this fig tree has leaves on it. And he believes when he comes to it, it's going to have some fruit on it. Because with fig trees, the fruit comes first, then the leaves. Did you hear that? The fruit comes first, then the leaves. So when Jesus saw this fig tree, he's going, oh, I'm going to get me some figs. I'm hungry. I'm going to go get me some figs. I'm a happy man. And he gets up there and there's no figs there. Now notice what happens next. In response to what? This tree lying to him. Telling him, hey, I got fruit. Come get some fruit. But it didn't have no fruit. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. I always like to put myself in the place of his disciples. Could you imagine walking with Jesus? Jesus is like going, his stomach's going, because he's hungry. And he's like going, man, he needs to eat. Peter's talking, you know, some of the other disciples. He needs to get something to eat. And Jesus all of a sudden smiles real big. Oh, there's a, there's a fig tree up ahead. And Jesus gets up there and he goes up. Oh, man, what you doing, man? You're lying to me saying you have figs on you. You don't have no figs on you. Of course, you know I'm making all this up, right? I just, I don't know, some of you say, what he's adding to the scriptures. No, I'm not. <laughs> but Jesus speaks to a tree. He speaks to a tree. Am I the only one who would think that would be pretty strange? Someone speaking to a tree? They heard it. And I'm sure Peter and John are like going, he's speaking to a tree. <laughs> he must be tired or something. I don't know. Okay, anyway, I just thought I'd add all that in for free. Verse 20. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree 
dried up from the roots. So important to understand, friends, you need to understand this about faith. Faith begins on the inside in the place that cannot be seen and works its way out to the outside. It's dried up from the roots. Do you see that? Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look. He's probably looking at John. Did you see that? The fig tree which you cursed has withered away. Now notice how Jesus answered him. So Jesus answered and said to them, not just to Peter, to them, have faith in God. Other translations say have the God kind of faith. What is the God kind of faith? We just saw that in Genesis 1, didn't we? Right? He spoke out faith-filled words containing the power to bring to pass what he had said. That, my friends, is the kind of faith we're supposed to have. The God kind of faith. And notice how Jesus goes on to describe how this God kind of faith works in verse 23. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those, those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. How can that possibly happen? How can this possibly happen? Believing that what you say will be done. <laughs> I know, again, there are a whole bunch of people out there I think this is really, really out there. But is this Jesus speaking? Is this Jesus speaking? Oh, I hope you're catching that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Whoo! I tell you, these, there's going to be some times when you read the Bible, you'll read something, and you're like, your head's not going to compute. I don't understand that. I don't understand that. Nope, nope, I don't get that. But what do you do? Just throw up your hands and say, I'll never get that. Or you say, God, I ask you to reveal it to my heart. I want to understand. Do you know God is not hiding things from us? He's hiding things for us. But he wants us to know these things. If Jesus said this is the kind of faith we're gonna, we need to have, the God kind of faith, then don't you think he wants us to know how to operate in the God kind of faith? I mean, what kind of a good God would he be to say, hey, you have the God kind of faith, but then not figure it out yourself. But he didn't do that, did he? Thank you, Lord. Now, I was traveling. I shared this with you the other day with my wife. Coming into Bozeman from Belgrade. And as we were traveling, we were, I was looking out, and I was looking at the mountains. And my wife kept on saying, honey, you're going into the other lane. But as I was uh, driving, I began to ponder in my heart, Jesus, why? Why did you use mountains as your example? Why mountains? And it was like I heard in my heart, and I wrote this down, my daddy spoke forth words of faith that contained the power to bring to pass what he was saying. And when he wanted to create the mountains, he simply said, mountains be, and it was so. And just like my daddy did it, that's exactly the same way you're supposed to do it, being that you're created in his image and likeness. You can speak to your mountains. 
your seemingly impossible situations and challenges and tell them to be cast into the sea. And if you don't doubt in your heart and if you believe what you say, it shall happen. Oh, I, I, you remember that? I, I got happy. I'm like, oh, glory, oh, glory, oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, we will have whatever he says. Friends, we shouldn't be surprised that this is the way God expects for us to live as his children, as believers. He expects us to live like he created us to be. Are you hearing me? If what you see in your world doesn't line up with what's in the Bible, you know what I mean by in your world, in your sphere of influence, and it doesn't line up with what's in the Bible, don't accept it. Don't just say, well, and I've heard people say it this way, this is my thorn in the flesh. People don't understand what they're saying. That whole story about the Apostle Paul and the thorn in the flesh, I don't have time to go there right now. But I trust the Lord if you don't understand that someday I'll be able to share it with you. Because Paul's thorn in the, in the flesh was a, 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 a messenger of Satan sent to buffet him. It wasn't a messenger of God to get him humble. Okay, anyway, thank you, Jesus. If we operate in this law of faith and we speak forth from our mouths what we believe in our hearts, doesn't the Bible, doesn't Jesus say right here, you will have what you say? Now, we don't have any qualms believing that where it comes to salvation, getting born again. But other things, I don't know about that. I don't know if it's God's will. For me to be healed. Then don't you think you should find out? And not base it upon the experiences of people. And base it solely on what does the Bible say? Did you hear what I said? I could accept my physical ailments in my body that I have. Oh well, I'm getting older. I'm having a senior moment. You ever heard that before? Oh, I must be having a senior moment. I can't remember what the, I don't know what I was talking about. I have no clue. I had a senior moment. I don't have senior moments. If I ever get to a place where I'm starting to say, oh, what was I talking about? You know what I start to do? I speak out of my mouth. I have the mind of Christ. I have great short-term and long-term memory. See, what I'm doing, I'm, I'm speaking out of my mouth what I believe. Well, I hope you're listening. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. If you didn't get anything else, please get this. Our words of faith are containers for the power of God. The power necessary to bring to pass whatever it is we're believing him for. The way I envisioned this and the way the Lord was showing me as I was talking to the Lord there was I saw, I don't know if you've ever seen like on, I don't, I don't know, what is it, water wheel or what am I trying to, you know, it goes and keeps going and turning and, you know, the, the water the water wheel, and it gets, you know, but I was envisioning in my heart buckets 
going down into the well of my heart where the power of God, the immeasurable, unlimited, far surpassing power of God, and just dipping into it. That's what, that's, that's, and it's coming out. And the moment I speak, that power is released to bring to pass whatever it is I'm believing for. Now, see, people can go off on a ditch, in a ditch, on a ditch, whatever kind of ditch you want to be in. People go off into a ditch with things like this. I'm believing that, I'm believing that lightning is going to strike right now over there and going to cause that tree to explode. Where's that in the Bible? Hey, you believe what God says in his word. That's what your beliefs are based off of. If what you're saying doesn't line up with the Bible, you ain't saying it in faith, my friend. Are you hearing me? But once you see it in God's word, you choose to believe it. It gets into your heart, and then you begin to speak it out. That Those buckets are just dipping in right there to the power of God. I believe I'm healed, and that power is released. Glory to God, I expect to be healed. Are you listening? Is this what the Bible said? Is this what Jesus said? Is this how we got born again? Is this the way God does things? Is this the God kind of faith? We believe, therefore we speak. We believe, therefore we speak. We speak out words of faith containing the power of God. It's in us. I got power in me. It's resurrection power. You got anything in your life that seems to be dead? Oh, I'm telling you, there's some people in, in, in many circles of many churches who have accepted things in their lives that no longer work in their bodies. Just accepted it. Got to just live with it. Nothing I can do about it. Says who? Do you, I always like to say it this way. Do you believe if Jesus came up to you right now, stood before you and says, in the name of G, in my name, <laughs> be healed. Do you believe you could be healed of it? Probably nobody in the, in, this, in the church world will say no. Everybody would say, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I have been authorized by the King of kings, Jesus Christ himself, and so have you, by the way, to lay our hands on the sick, knowing the Bible says they shall recover. See, when I lay my hands on people, I'm just not doing it as a religious practice. I'm doing it in line with the Bible. And I'm expecting the same kind of results Jesus got, got because Jesus said, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes on me, the works that I do, he will do also. I'm expecting to do the works of Jesus. I got the same power. I got the same Holy Ghost. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a lot more happy than some of y'all are showing on your faces. This is life changing. You have authority in your realm. Do you know you were made to be, a, you have been made kings and priests unto God? You're royalty. Can I ask you a question? How does a king go about doing his business? Does a king say, I need a ditch dug? Does he just, does he get his overalls on and his shovel and go out and start digging the ditch? Or does he say, I need a ditch dug. Go get it done. And it go, people, they get to run and they get the shovels and they dig the ditch for the king. The point I'm trying to make is the king rules with his We've been made kings and priests unto our God. He done done that. I'm already a king to the king of kings. I'm going to operate this way. I do operate this way. See, what happens when you teach this and you study this, it is becoming even more real to me. 
But it just as it's become real to me, friends, you need to trust God to get this in your heart. See, this is the way you are called to live as Christians. Don't accept anything of the enemy. You have authority over the devil. Send the devil fleeing with words, with your words, with words of faith spoken from the Bible, hallelujah, through your mouth, containing the power of God to bring to pass whatever it is you're believing him for. Hallelujah. God is good. Ooh, did you get something out of that? My words are containers of power. You got a testimony? Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Should I sit down or? I know how you are sometimes. You sit down. I got it, I got it under control. <laughs> Stay here. <laughs> so um, on Tuesday, I had a friend um, contact me and a few other friends, and she has a cousin living with her. He was only supposed to be there for a couple months. He stayed for six months. He's gotten into drugs. He has completely allowed the enemy to have total control over his life to the point where he is so demonized, the demons are speaking out of his mouth and telling, telling people what their plans are for the world and saying, we're going to go um, to different countries and, and we're going to destroy Christianity. And I mean, like, these demons are speaking out of him. So um, my friend said, we need to have a little exorcism. Let's go ahead and just do this. So we all went over to her house, and she had told her cousin, hey, we're going to pray over you. You need deliverance. He said, I'm not even going to show up. Nope. You guys are not allowed to touch me. I like who I am. I like these demons working in me. You can't have them. So he left, and we all came, kind of hoping that he would be there. But we said, okay, we're just going to pray over the house. We're going to pray over his room. We're going to go in. We're going to completely infiltrate. So we go in there with our holy oil. We start pouring holy oil everywhere, everywhere. Her little kids, her children are prophets. It's amazing. They were getting, like, understandings, revelations. We were all seeing in the spirit. And we literally heard demons screaming. We saw them fly out the window. And this bubble that had been around his room that was, like, engulfed in evil, basically, trying to protect the evil that was inside there, popped. It completely popped. And everybody, like, people kept on showing up to come pray because she had kind of sent out this big text message. Everybody who came in, they would say, it smells different in here. What's that smell? It smells really nice. Because before, it smelled like hell. It, I mean, like, literally. I'm not just saying figuratively. It stunk like demons. It smelled horrific. And this woman is such a powerful prayer warrior. She doesn't allow that stuff in her house. And so he would have to wear his headphones and not look her in the eye just, just to come out of his room. Just to, he wouldn't eat dinner with them. He wouldn't go anywhere with them. He wouldn't talk to them because he was completely demonized. So that evening, Tuesday evening, we went to a, to a prayer group and um, as we were leaving the prayer group, one of our friends who had been praying with us was in the parking lot. And he was like, oh, my gosh, you guys, I've got to tell you what just happened. And he said, I just saw your cousin walking down the side of the road. Now, these two people had never seen each other in their lives. And 
the the man who was praying kind of knew. He was like, oh, I think that that's probably the cousin. And so he said, okay, Holy Spirit, I know that you're telling me to give this kid a ride. So he turns around, goes and picks up the kid. This kid had no idea that this man was just pleading the blood of Jesus over his bedroom. And uh, <laughs> gets in the car. This man starts sharing Jesus. And for the very first time in six months, this cousin was in his right mind. He was completely healed, delivered, speaking normally out of his own mouth with his own brain, and it wasn't the demon speaking through him for the first time ever, well, for the first time in six months. And it was so phenomenal. We were jumping up and down in the parking lot, screaming, shouting, excited, and um, the kid actually let this man pray for him for the first time. And uh, I don't know if he's received Jesus yet, but we're believing for full restoration and salvation. Amen. You guys have it in you. Hallelujah. Everybody is just powerful. That's right. Amen. Amen. You know, it's something about uh, just quickly to share the importance. Demons are everywhere, but we do not have to be afraid of demons. Again, demons are defeated. They're under our feet. Uh, sometimes because of Hollywood especially, they've made the devil to be so powerful and so strong. And, you know, in and of ourselves, that's true. But we're not in and of ourselves. We do have the Holy Spirit in us. We do have access to the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. Amen. And it's just so important that we do not allow uh, those things to get us over into fear. How we respond when the enemy tries to show up like that is so important. And I'll just uh, shut it down by sharing this story. And I got one more thing to do after that. Uh, but um, Lester Summerall was uh, a mighty man of God used. He's since gone home to, by, uh, to the Lord. And he was in his bedroom sleeping. And he, his bedroom was upstairs. And while he was sleeping, all of a sudden he heard this, this, this rocking chair downstairs in his living room going back and forth, going back and forth. And he's going, what in the world? And he said he came out. And when he looked down, there was no one on the rocking chair, but it's going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You know what most people would have done? Screamed like a little girly man and ran out of the house. But all he did is he said, oh, it's you, devil. He went back to bed. What is he displaying? No fear. I'm not afraid of you. My Savior's defeated you. Amen. We have authority over Satan. Now, can I just throw someone else for free? We don't have to look for devils behind every rock. The ones that are for us are greater than those against us. We got angels. And I'm telling you, you wait to see them. I mean, you think I'm a big man. My angel's so big. Now, he might be a little bruised up having to be my angel. But these guys are big, strong, incredible beings. Amen. And they're for us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Are your words important? Can you tap into the power that's in us? It's available for us, friends. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to hear your word. We believe, glory to God, your will is being done in this place this morning. People are getting the revelation of the importance of what they say from their mouths. Uh, uh, out of the uh, abundance of their heart, the revelations that are in their hearts. So that... Father God, when these people speak those words of faith, 
They recognize and understand that power is being released to bring to pass the very things they're believing you for. Glory to God. This is the way you did things from the very beginning. This is the way we're supposed to be doing things right now. Hallelujah. We praise you. Thank you, Lord. May we all have faith in your power, the power of Almighty God, resurrection power that is in us. Praise you, Jesus. Now, with every eye closed, nobody looking around. I know most of us in this room are Christians, but I'm not certain about everyone. Friends, if you don't know for certain if you stepped off into eternity today, where you would go, I want you to know that you can know. You can know with certainty where you're going to go. Because, see, there is a very real place called heaven and a very real place called hell. And by your choice to receive God's gift of salvation, you can go to that place called heaven. But if you reject it, that's your choice. I'm making it available to everyone in this room right now. If you've never received Jesus Christ into your heart as your personal Lord and Savior, and you'd like to do so today, it is the absolute greatest decision I have ever made in my life. And it will be the absolute greatest decision you'll ever make in yours. To have a secure eternity spent in the presence of Almighty God. If I'm speaking to you and you want to know that you know you're going to heaven when you leave the earth, just slide a hand up. Nobody's looking around but me. Anybody in here say, that's me. I need to get born again. I need to get born again. Or you would say, Pastor Dan, I'm a born again Christian. I received Jesus Christ years ago. But I've been living my own way and doing things my own way. And I need to come home to the Father's house. I need to give my life and recommit my life back to Jesus. If I'm speaking to you on that occasion, slide a hand up. Anybody in this room and say, that's me. Looking around the room, I see those hands. I see those hands. Once you raise them, you can put them down. Anybody else would say, that's me. This is a time you can sense the wooing of the Spirit in your heart. Sense the wooing of the Spirit of God in your heart. Just slide a hand up. Hallelujah, hallelujah, glory to God. Well, I don't see any other hands, so I want everybody to look up at me. What we like to do in here as a church family, we like to pray together. And for those people who raised your hand, God saw it and I saw it. And to show him that you mean business, I'm going to ask everybody in here just to slide a hand up to heaven, just like this. And then repeat this with me from your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me. I am a child of God. I firmly believe when I leave this earth, I'm coming to be with you. Heaven is my home. Now, Heavenly Father, I ask you to forgive me for doing things my own way, doing things I know I shouldn't be doing. I call upon the blood of Jesus and receive the cleansing of that blood over my life right now. And I also believe, Father, for your grace to run my race with you. I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. How easy is that? All of heaven's having a party on you. Think about when we get to heaven, you know, we can look down and someone's getting born again. Well, how party time? I don't know how it works because you'd think you'd have a party all day long. But anyway, that'd be the party is heaven, you know, right? Praise God. Okay, I got one more thing. And I know I, we kept you a little bit long, but please, I need to do this. If you don't mind, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take up a love offering. 
for a young lady who is uh, used to attend this church. That's her brother right there and her sister's upstairs. Uh, uh, Seth and Shelby's sister, uh, Sarah Kickover, is traveling to Honduras tomorrow. And uh, when I found out about it, I wanted to send her a love offering from this church to her. And I, she wrote this down, and I want to read it to you. This is her heart. She said, on Monday, I'm heading to New Life Children's Home in Jalaca, Honduras, directed by Ron and Annette Thiessen, missionaries to Honduras, Peru, and various villages along the Amazon. I'm going with the main goal of supporting and helping Ron and Annette in any way that I can in the time that I'm there. I'm also going to learn about how their schools work and where I may be an asset. Along with the daily care that they provide, they also have school at New Life Children's Home where they teach their own children and also invite other children from the surrounding villages to attend that would not otherwise get an education. They will be in the middle of their school year as theirs goes from February to November. And I will be bringing some of my materials as a high school math teacher to see what I can show them or help them with in school. During this time, I will be sensitive in exploring the possibility of going back and teaching for them for a school, full school year in the future, which is what Annette had brought up to me initially when we talked while they were in the States this spring. I'm also learning the song, it's in Honduras, and I don't know how to say that word, Envayami, and it means send me in English. It's by Bethel, to have ready if opportunity arises for worship times. I have always had a heart for children and youth, so naturally I am most excited to simply spend time with and love on the beautiful children at New Life Children's Home. I want to be a blessing to Ron and Annette while feeling out the idea of giving a year. So your prayers around that, as well as f favor with traveling, will be incredibly value valuable and appreciated. Love you all. Thank you so much, Sarah Kiko. So I want to take up this love offering with the mind that we're going to help send her to a place now get this i got it in my heart where she's going to she's supposed to be in fulfilling destiny see that's what this church is this is what we're, our hearts are all about helping people fulfill destiny and even though you nor me may never go to honduras that's where she's going so let's help send her there amen Let's take up a love offering to help her go there. I don't remember how much was needed, but I'm believing God for a certain amount. So if you're writing out a check, get, go ahead and get your checkbooks out. That's where if you're going to give by cash, you can get an offering envelope and you can uh, uh, just make out the check to COLC. Or if you want to also, you can give by uh, internet on our webpage. How's what is that called? COLCBozeman.org. And you can give via the, uh, with a credit card that way. Just be sure and mark it for Honduras, for Sarah Kickover. Uh, and we will be sure to give it. What I'm going to do is find out how much, and I'm going to Venmo her the money today so that she can have it when she leaves tomorrow, okay? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Anybody else need an offering envelope or a check? Or I mean, if you're writing a check, you don't need an envelope. Just write, out, write it out to COLC, and it will all go to her. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just give it a few minutes. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God is good. Amen. We're blessed to be a blessing. Oh, I'm excited for Sarah to go over there. Praise you, Jesus. Well, let's hold our offerings up and we'll pray over them. Hallelujah.
Father, we just thank you right now for the opportunity that Sarah has to go over there to Honduras. We surround her with our faith and our love. We just believe, Lord, Lord God, for a special anointing upon her life to minister to those children as well as to the adults, to be a great blessing to them, Lord, by being able to teach them math or whatever else. But more than anything else, Lord, to be able to minister to them with your love, with your compassion. I'm believing that there's going to be tremendous results for the kingdom of God. And she's going to give back and be able to testify to us of how God used her to, as she went there with her heart open to you. We just believe in Jesus' name for divine protection. She'll go safely there, be safe while there, and return home safely. We call that trip blessed in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Go ahead, take it up. Who's, who's counting today? Just, amen. Uh, hopefully you guys were blessed today because I was blessed to share that with you, the message. I believe in God for good things, amen, for this church, for you, for the body of Christ through the world. Hallelujah. We have things to do for Jesus, amen. Glorious things to do for our King. So, Father, I speak a blessing over these people now. I'm asking you, Lord, to keep them safe through the week. I believe that whatever they set their hands to shall be blessed. I call their workplaces, their jobs blessed, their businesses blessed, their homes blessed. Glory to God. And I just thank you now. You bring everybody back safely Wednesday night if possible. For the ladies, uh, I guess they're not having it this week, but for next Sunday service, we give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen.